Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Hello, welcome, good morning. I'm your host, Judy Como, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. At that awkward moment when right before I'm actually going to say something, I decide what I'm actually going to say. So uh, You sound like you're waiting for somebody to respond. Well, I could have had that happen, but we have some non-Aggies here with us and would not be their natural inclination to say howdy back. But anyways, good morning. And I am here in the station at St. Mary's Catholic Center with the giant erector set going on behind my back. Indeed. Uh, as we're working on our wonderful new sanctuary here uh, today is my first Red Sea Roundup without having the St. Joseph prayer. We've fulfilled our full year of the year of St. Joseph that we began all of our live broadcast with that prayer. And because my phone silences itself too quickly for me sometimes, I'm going to try to find my little Advent prayer that I decided that we the could pray The year went that. by very fast. Very fast It was a wonderful, indeed. amazing St. Joseph. As it's, is Advent. You had mentioned Advent. Correct. So, so I'm going to so lead us in a little Advent prayer to begin. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, Master of both the light and the darkness, Send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas. We who have so much to do and seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people walking in darkness yet seeking the light. To you we say, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we're very blessed today to have both of our leaders here locally. Thaddeus Romanski, good morning. Good morning, Judy. (laughs) You're too kind to call me a leader. When you said that. Well, Thaddeus and I have that running... We would love to just say this bursting good morning, but we think of good morning Vietnam and kind of have that little <laughs> sort of drawback a little chuckle bit. with each other and our president, Dennis Maka. Good, good morning, morning, Judy. Dennis. Good, good Advent Great. morning. Can't wait for uh, Christmas, but as you I, you say on many of your, your spots, I remind myself I need to wait. I've heard your spot once on the air when it's talking about Advent, about was, waiting, uh, and as I get to that next red light, and the next one, and the next one, I <laughs> I both love you and curse you at the same time, Judy. <laughs> well, I'm really not that it's because the spot is in my own voice. It's not about me hearing me, although we all know that I do like that, but it's there's really good Advent spots that we did, and I'm all of our uh, wonderful teachings of the radio that you can be taught in such a little nice little 30 second pocket of the people and you just don't know sort of like a radio hot pocket yes 
You don't know who's listening, but where, and when. Much more tasty. Exactly. Here we go, folks. Y'all more better buckle up. More nutritious. And too. better for you. <laughs> um, hey, I had something. I've uh, never burnt my tongue on the radio uh, uh, <laughs> as a hot pocket. You've burned my ears, though, many times. <laughs> um, I had a thought coming off of your the prayer that you prayed for us, and I wanted to just say that... Um, you know, Relevant Radio has been doing those, um, that ongoing Christmas uh, Christmas Carol radio production that you can download and listen to. We've been listening to that in our family. And boy, just, uh, I'm sure all of us have some scrooges in our lives that we have to, to deal with around this time, or God forbid, maybe some of us can be the scrooges. And boy, every time I, I re-engage with a Christmas Carol, I so want to be Fred. I just am so always wondering, how is it possible to be that joyful and good-natured in the face of just Scrooge turned on, turned in on himself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, I, don't have an, I don't have an answer for that. I haven't figured that out, but I know that every Christmas season, every Advent season, I, I, that's a little, a little prayer that I have of, I want to I want to be that figure in my social circles. I want to be that figure in my family. I want to be that Fred. And I haven't I haven't gotten there yet, but pray for me folks and and Same. I'll pray for you. Same here. I think <clears throat> I'm not caught some of the phrases in the prayer. I I am not anxious about anything about Christmas right now. I have had a year of my older daughter getting married in April, and my younger daughter got married three weeks ago. So we've been in the throes of a lot of high anxiety. So Christmas ain't (laughs) nothing compared to that. But I have, and I know it's grace that I can say to the people, are you ready for Christmas? I'm ready to celebrate the birth of our Lord. All these details will fall into place or they won't. And I don't care what we eat on Christmas Eve. But we know it's going to be good. We know we're going to have plenty to do that. So we have lots of busyness coming on. But um, let's pray for Thaddeus and all of us that we can be that light, that joy, that happiness and everything. I want to mention that we are here locally listening to 88.5 KEDC here in the Brazos Valley. Welcome our listeners from Central Texas, 98.3 KYAR, and Palestine, KINF, 107.9, the Holy Land. Let's all just say it in unison, the the Holy Land. The Holy Land of Texas. Yeah. Broadcasting from another Holy Land, Brian Collar Station. There we go. So no, we've we've got extra uh, stations hopefully coming around the bend in 2022, so uh, pray for that. We'll let you know. Absolutely. A couple of things uh, that we want to mention is that even though I was blessed to go to daily mass this morning at St. Joseph's, where the entire uh, elementary school was there, it's their last day. And Father Brian so wonderfully led them in this interactive, hey, how many more days before Christmas? And one little kid, was like, 10 more days. So enthusiastic, <laughs> but he continued to ask us as a congregation to say over and over, Emmanuel, God is with us, and the echoey back and forth, and nice. the kids, it's just so, uh, it so har- harms your, warms your heart, and kind of gives you that zeal again. For, yeah, it would be strange if it harmed your war. Yes, that indeed. That would be weird. 
<laughs> we're, we're so many things to be left here. unsaid uh, because of that. But we do have 10 days before Christmas, and we have the beautiful opportunity to go to reconciliation. And so my minions are going to give <laughs> give our listeners let's some details of those. Let's start with Central Texas for once, Dennis. Let's, All right, let's Central, do Central Texas. Texas. Y'all have some reconciliation services coming up real soon tonight at St. Jerome's in Waco at 6.30 p.m., uh, tonight also at St. John's in Waco, St. John the Baptist. I'm assuming that's what that means at 5.30 p.m. Or tonight at 5 p.m. at St. Joseph and Elk. Or tomorrow night, be there or uh, be unholy, I guess, not be square. But you, you got to get there by December 16th from 5 to 6 p.m. Or 7 to 8 p.m. at St. Mary's Church of the Assumption in West. Yes. And that's a big church. So uh, St. Joseph, I mean, St. Jerome and um, St. St. Mary's and West are both big churches. I would expect that they would have multiple priests there. So tonight or tomorrow night, Central Texas, you got to go. And that's interesting that Central Texas ends at December 16th because the first upcoming here in Bryan College Station is December 16th at 630 in Caldwell. So then if you miss your opportunities in Central Texas, you can still drive down to the Brazos Valley uh, December 17th, Friday at 630. Santa Teresa and Brian, Wednesday, December 22nd, 10, to, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., combined St. Joseph and St. Anthony service, and then also later that night, December 22nd, 6 to 8 p.m., St. Joseph and St. Anthony combined yes, service. Yes, always many priests. Um, At Christ usually, the Good Shepherd Chapel. Yes, and, and usually some of the uh, priests from Santa Teresa are over mm-hmm. there, so you'll have and a, I want to And I want to give some credit to maybe the person who's waiting until December 22nd. I mean, they just want to make sure that they have, they're getting as much of that sin taken care of with confession before Christmas. It may well, not. Gee, it may not be that they're putting see, it off. Me, they may I have would, a positive. I would, I would look at it, it as maybe if I go on the twenty second, there's a little bit smaller window yeah. of messing it up between right. then messing and then Christmas. You know, right. I uh, used to joke with Father Kirby a little bit to say, "Hey, I, I want to go to confession before the spaghetti dinner, and I'd like to confess some of the things I'm about to do." <laughs> Sort of preemptive. <laughs> yeah. I don't think can it you, works that way. Can you help me out there? Because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be tested mm-hmm. during the time of that. Mm-hmm. So I want to let our listeners know early in this part of the broadcast to uh, we just have some powerhouse guests to talk about and uh, talk with and not talk about. But Jason and Amanda Kirkland are here um, and they're going to tell us their wonderful conversion story. Yeah, and if you're in attendance at the Central Texas Benefit Dinner, you heard a little condensed version of their story, version. Reader's Digest version of their story, uh, but it's going to be expanded out a lot more, and we're going to get to hear from Amanda as well as, as Jason right. and, and I'll remind y'all that this is live show today, and mm-hmm. y'all should really shock us by having a phone call come in during that time. Sometimes, I think about two weeks ago, I was driving and Pam was hosting, and I was like, oh, so I texted Thaddeus, hey, is this live? Because I have called in on a recorded show <laughs> Multiple before. Multiple times. <laughs> And uh, so we want to tell you that you could contact us at 855-683-7332. And much like when someone, when I ask the number and they say, oh, it's 
985 love red sea don't tell me that i need the numbers i'm gonna have to look at my phone <laughs> 855-683-7332. So before we go out on the on the uh, end of this segment, maybe should we do you want to start by having Dennis and I tell you about how Jason and Amanda yes, ended absolutely. up sitting here in the studio with us? Yeah. That was kind I of didn't a get transition. to go to the Waco. Well, we got word so, from Robin Waters, our uh, director of evangelization and outreach, that he uh, ran across this story from a married couple from St. Jerome's who were actively involved in some ways uh, as ministry in a Presbyterian church there in Waco, who uh, both of them and their children came over to the Catholic Church uh, in large part uh, from what they started hearing on Red Sea Catholic Radio, and my, my jaw hit the floor. And he's like, I'd like to have them at our benefit dinner to give a short testimony. I'm like, yes, please, I would love to meet them. So things like this just totally give me wings and, and just excite us uh, that this is the reason we do what we do is to help people in their faith journey. Right. That and, reminds me of yeah. Karen. Yeah, our, Karen uh, Craig and, and her husband Reggie are also two others in the Central Texas area. We've had several families here in our Bryan College Station area. Um, God is certainly working through uh, broken vessels <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, as, as we are. Well, again, so, uh, we... We're chatting just a little bit but before the, the program began, and we, um, I think that I have a narrow vision of God's providence because it's so easy to see how things apply in my life. And then you kind of look, okay, here we are at Christmas and the way, you know, I'm going to make this star and send these guys. Well, wait a minute. How are we going to get them there? Okay, we'll have a census. And so, <laughs> yeah. God has the horse. And the cart, and he puts them in the right horse before the cart, yep. and it tends to work out. And then we are marveled and are amazed. I don't know why, because he's God, and we should know that, but we still are marveling and are amazed at it. It's going to be a great interview. We're looking forward to it. Absolutely. Certainly. Daddy, if you want to close us out, we got about one minute left in our uh, before the break. Yeah, I want to just maybe close us out by saying, Worse. <laughs> I've got to catch his, his button there. Thanks. Um, just close us out also by saying that um, we sent out an end-of-the-year appeal to everyone who's ever uh, helped out the station before, and we've started to get wonderful responses back to that. And really? so thank you to everyone who has responded to that appeal, and we hope that many more will to support the good work that we're doing uh, through the radio station and how it's impacting real flesh and blood people like yeah. Amanda and Jason who you're going to hear from next. All right, Stick we're going to be us. back. Yeah, Red Sea Roundup. We're very lo much looking forward to this. God bless you all. We'll talk to you soon. All this I can I am Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. And if you're just joining us, good for you. Pat yourself on the back because you're going to really enjoy the next uh, 40 minutes or so. I'm your host, Judy Como, and I want to welcome my guests, Jason and Amanda Kirkland. Jason, how's it going? 
It's going great. Good That's morning. That's great. Thanks for Amanda, having us. Amanda, welcome. Hey, Judy. So glad that y'all are here and so glad to meet y'all. I heard of you prior to us meeting today. And uh, as I understand, um, Robin Waters, y'all know him personally or? The... Met, met him at St. Jerome when he was kind of doing his tour. Okay, cool. Well, um, he and my husband are in formation for the to become deacons, God willing, in a couple of months, and so I've known him for uh, over five years or so. But his involvement with the radio goes back even further than that. And uh, I did not get to attend the benefit over there in Waco, and I understand that we got a little three-minute slice of your story, and everyone who heard it felt like this is a story that needs to be heard. So we. Uh, if you love a good conversion story, buckle up, folks, because here we go. So tell us uh, how that little bit of it played out that you came to the benefit. But I understand that there's a bigger story than that. So and Jason, you said that I'm I'm going to have to work Amanda into it. So uh, <laughs> once you take a breath, we're going to jump in. OK, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. So we moved to Waco from Columbus, Ohio in the summer of 2017. And I came down here to plant a Presbyterian church uh, with the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. And uh, a handful of months after arriving here, began to get the sense that a lot of Baylor students were becoming Catholic. And uh, being part of a church that very self-consciously traces itself back to the Protestant Reformation, um, wanted to engage with students like that who were going through those kinds of issues. And so... So the area was a intentional target of the Presbyterian Church? Like y'all knew this conversion was going on and they said, hey, this fertile ground, let's... I, I know very little about the Presbyterian Church. So is there a hierarchy? Do you have a bishop that sent you or how, can you... Uh, Help our listeners understand that a little bit better. Yes, not a hierarchy in that sense. And well, I don't was, even know if that's a good word for the Catholic Church or not, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, there was already a group meeting there who was uh, interested in starting a Presbyterian church and contacted the denomination that we were part of and was able to get going in that way and had been meeting for about a year before I came down as the first pastor and a lot of that was just through interactions with that group and then a church that was overseeing that group. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> when we got down here. Well, I was just going to jump in and clarify that um, it, as part of the congregation, there were Baylor grad students and they kind of came to him as their pastor and said, uh, we have these classmates who are converting to Catholicism and we want to know how to interact with them or... Um, as Jason was saying, maybe stop them. <laughs> fraternal correction. Yeah, right. yeah, well, there's a trajectory especially that seems to go from Baptist to Presbyterian to Anglican to Catholic. And so we thought, well, if we can filter some out and stop them here, that would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what I ended up doing eventually was uh, just starting to study Catholic theology uh, because I was told uh, and it seems to be quite true that the spiritual formation, intellectual formation for Catholics at Baylor and students becoming Catholic at Baylor is very strong. And so to be able to interact with them, I would really need to understand Catholicism from the inside, not as sort of a 
caricature that you might get in a Presbyterian context, uh, but actually understanding the teaching of the church and the, the practices of the church. And so uh, what I did was start to study Catholic theology, and uh, particularly that's where the, the radio, where Red Sea was so helpful. Uh, a lot of times I'd be driving uh, in the car after lunch meetings or before lunch meetings, depending on when someone wanted to eat lunch, mm-hmm. uh, and, and listening to um, Call to Communion with Dr. David Anders. Mm-hmm. Uh, a so lot you the, sought out a radio station or talk of the radio station was already in that circle? or Well, you know, there are enough uh, 98.3 stickers around town in Waco that it wasn't too hard to... Praise God. To, to, yeah, to find the station and think, well, I'll probably get some some kind of Catholic teaching on here. I was already doing a fair amount of reading, uh, but, you know, when you're intrigued in a topic, you want to take in as many sources as you can. And so, But your motivation was to learn it from the Catholic perspective, not from what the Presbyterians view Catholicism. Is, right. Is that, I just want, because I think that's worlds apart. Yes. Those two yeah, things. Exactly. Yeah. And so... Um, through that driving around, call to communion with Dr. David Anders, a, lo- a lot of times um, kind of finishing the workday or at least taking a break in the workday for dinner, coming home, and Catholic Answers would be on and uh, just a slew of different folks that they have on. And so it just – it really accelerated the process, I think, of – you know, the first – one of the first things I did was read the entire catechism and just make a list of here are all the things that I don't understand or I want more clarity on. And uh, the way that the those radio – program sped up that process of understanding uh, was was just it's incalculable I think how much that had an impact on my ability to take in content and and come to understanding on so many of the questions that I had so for our listeners who maybe are not as familiar with what the catechism actually is uh, how did you know to seek that book out and what is it uh, well I knew to seek it out uh, because the Presbyterians are pretty big on catechisms, and so I just kind of went looking for Catholic sources of theology and noticed that there was a catechism, and uh, pretty quickly was able to figure out that this was an official document that had been uh, promulgated by St. John Paul II, and so... um, yeah, it's uh, it's a fair bit larger than Presbyterian yeah. catechisms are. Uh, it's rather thick, but mm-hmm. uh, for just that reason, a, a lot more detail and a lot more uh, yeah. So uh, clarity. Of so teaching. for our listeners, it's this big fat book that has everything you wanted to know about the Catholic Church, and uh, it's not that easy to actually use it. You have to kind of learn how to use the book. But anyways, details of our faith life, and it's so evident. Every time, every Bible study I'm doing, you know, we'll make reference for it. And I was like, oh, that's right. That Everything you want to know about the sacraments, it's in there. Everything you want to know about liturgy, it's in there. Yes, and wonderful summaries at the mm-hmm. end of every section as well. Yeah. Okay, so we start. You were researching on your own and had the wonderful tool of the radio to help you in that when you weren't. Because I would appreciate you not reading the catechism while you're driving. And so, uh, and uh, Amanda, you at the same time were on that mindset, or y'all? Meanwhile, wife knew yeah. about none of this. Huh. Yeah. So you were still on the. But I mean, he wasn't planning on converting, he was Correct. researching to continue your job as the pastor there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He came, he came to me about a month. A month, 
he says, after he started researching and listening, reading, um, and said, um, I need to tell you this. And, I, you know, I thought something major was wrong. He, he was pretty upset. Um, and he said, uh, I've been reading this stuff about Catholic theology, uh, and I can't find anything wrong with it. And, um, of course, I was shocked. We, um, to kind of expand on what he was saying, we had only, gosh, I think a year and a half prior to that moved to Waco from Ohio. And we had been, we both grew up in Indiana and he went to seminary for four years in Philadelphia. And then we moved to Ohio for, well, first law school. And then he became a pastor there. Um, and we had been there for nine years and it was actually a really hard, um, it was a really hard move for me and for our children going to Texas. Um, just because of the the friendships we had had in mm-hmm. Ohio and the fact that all of our family was a lot closer being in Indiana. And so, um, I mean, my first thought, <laughs> I mean, really, it was just, it was shock, but um, honestly, anger. I didn't, I didn't understand what, like, what? You're reading what? And why is it convincing? And we've, you know, we've moved all over the place, um, you know really following, um, you know, and in my head at the time it was your theology, you know, that was my anger. And of course, you know, now I know, and I, I knew at the time it was God. Um, he's always led us, but, um, yeah. It, well, it was so, uh, so out of nowhere crazy to me yeah. compared to you, this day to day, year to year journey that y'all had right. experienced. I, I yeah. And we were we were experiencing some family turmoil from kind of some extended family stuff too at the time, and um, yeah, I think it was really really hard for me uh, to understand why um, or really what was enticing too, because um, again, my first thought I had a lot of first thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a husband. (laughs) We're speaking the same language. (laughs) I I couldn't think, I couldn't think of anyone uh, more recent in my life who was Catholic. I could picture some people that I went to high school with. And my first thought was they're so unholy, (laughs) which is horrible to say. Um, But I thought every Catholic I've known, um, they don't seem to take it seriously. They, they think they can sin and then just go to confession and, um, and then just keep on sinning because they can go back to confession. Um, but his initial conversation was just, I've been researching and I can't find anything yeah. wrong with it. And you went from I might that have to reacted. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just want to make well, sure I, I knew, was. I knew he was serious because he, he was in tears and I knew he, w- um, I'm, I'm compiling a lot of stuff from the, the next six months into all of this, but um, I knew he was seeking the truth. And that he, and really that um, the Lord kind of dropped it in his lap, so to speak, as well, um, which I did respect. And w- and I knew that he had to follow that, but I wasn't there yet. And that was really, really hard. Mm. Well, I mean, <clears throat> it's not uncommon. <laughs> I mean, the truth is the truth. So when, mm. you, when you're seeking, but I mean, it sounds very parallel to Dr. Scott Hahn's 
idea, mm-hmm. well, let me just go down to that mass and see what's going on, mm-hmm. and I'll better be able to. Or, I mean, Deacon Lee Cochran, God rest his soul, a very uh, integral man in our reversion to Catholicism. Not that we ever left, but we just kind of became more intentional under mm-hmm. him. And he, his, he was the Catholic. His wife was the convert. And they moved here, and in order to get to know people in the parish, she started going to RCIA, and she'd come home. He didn't, he wasn't going, and he said, well, we learned this and that and everything. He said, ah, I'm going to have to start going there and set <laughs> these people straight, because this isn't right, and this isn't true, and then, <laughs> so uh, the truth is revealed to us when we're ready, when we're ready to encounter it, so yeah. we... Uh, Reading the catechism, listening to the radio, what happened the next day? (laughs) Yeah, so uh, just to back up a little bit to just before I told Amanda, um, and and it's interesting just that you bring up God's providence and God's providence Mm -hmm. in salvation history and how that connects to our lives and his providence in our own lives. And uh, as a Presbyterian, the church is very important. And the sacraments are very important. Uh, those are seen as central aspects of uh, the growth of the people of God. I think in in kind of the evangelical world, there's much more of a personal emphasis, and certainly that's there in in Presbyterianism as well. But um, much more of a maybe me and my Bible or me and Jesus or whatever. Whereas in the in the Presbyterian context we were in, the church is very important. The sacraments are very important in terms of that great commission and Jesus sending the church with these sacraments to build up the church. And um, so it was really the sacraments that got me first as I was studying the Eucharist and as I was studying baptism, uh, looking at the church fathers and realizing this is not what we teach in the Presbyterian Church. Okay, so y'all, the Presbyterians have coordinating sacraments to those of the Catholic Church? Yeah, so in the Presbyterian context, it's understood that there would be two sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. And um, in the Presbyterian teaching, the Lord's Supper is symbolic uh, mm-hmm. It raises you up to heaven where Christ is present, but there's not a, not truly a real presence in, uh, in the bread. The reception. The yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so just realizing the difference between what the early church was teaching on those things and what we were teaching, I would say that I never really got over that. So what happened was those things struck me and I freaked out. And so I went looking for a silver bullet. Well, let me just defeat Catholicism. I'll take a few weeks and do that. And uh, (laughs) that didn't work. Um, uh, You're still at it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But let me just find what's wrong with Catholicism. And then I'll go to my really smart Presbyterian friends and have them help me kind of fix up this theology that I'm clearly misunderstanding something on. Um, And I thought the papacy would be very easy. And so I started there and... Whoa, um, uh, there's a lot in the Bible about the papacy if you're willing mm-hmm. to see it. And uh, the church history I found to be uh, disputed, but far less disputed than the doctrine of Christ. And as Presbyterians, we were willing to accept all of that dispute over Christ and say, well, we land on the orthodox view of Christ. 
but unwilling to take even less dispute over the papacy. And that seemed to be a little unfair to me, I guess. And so um, that's when I really started to freak out and realized that I needed to tell Amanda. And so I did. And then kind of the rest of my approach was just, I'm going to work through these doctrines. I'm going to study them. I'm going to see where's the weakness in Catholicism so I can move on. And, uh, and it just never happened. Jason, Amanda, thanks for being with us today. And I, as I'm listening as a, as an observer in the background, literally, literally, um, I'm starting to pick up on maybe a, a difference, at least initially where what you're going through, Jason, is a heady experience of conversion. And I'm sounding like Amanda is going through a much more heart, quote unquote, heart um, response. You're not, you're not even in a conversion uh, space yet, yet, but you're responding from heart, memory, experience. Um, I, I don't know how this is really folding into a question, but I, I think that that's an important juncture to yes. have y'all speak to and how your, how your marriage mm-hmm. was able to weather that conflict or that storm or that, that juxtaposition. Yeah, definitely. Um, so for six months, I would say it, it was the hardest time that we've ever had in our marriage. We've been married now for... 19 and a half years. And, um, we, I, we've never felt, um, to be on a different page, uh, in, in the important things about and this, any of them, about anything, um, raising our children, um, all sorts of things. And so it was extremely devastating to feel a distance and not understanding. Like I said, I did understand that he needed to seek truth uh, but I didn't get it yet. And he kept trying to get me to read the same things he was reading. Yeah, that was going to be my it, question. It, it, yes. Yeah. Um, and I would just get mad because I felt like, oh, this is attacking me or, um, um, you know, in retrospect, it was, I think, an unwillingness to truly seek truth on my own. I was scared and holding on. Um I mean, because we had a lot at stake, really, um, our whole livelihood um, and just uh, all that we'd known. And um, so anyway, um, I had been praying and I know he was as well, just that God would lead us to truth, both of us, and that he um, would guide us to the truth together. Um, And I truly believed that he would. Judy, you mentioned Providence, and that's really been on my heart and mind, even this morning, thinking about coming here and um, all the things that God has led us to um, in our lives um, that we didn't expect or um, ask for. And um, when I allowed myself to look back and think of all the ways he had provided in those uncertain times previously, um, I knew that he would. I knew that he would guide us to truth. But then we had to have really, I mean, what do you call it? We had a conversation where, um, we, we just kind of, um, 
where the rubber meets the road, I guess. I mean, there was never a doubt like we'd get divorced or anything. We didn't believe in that even as non-Catholics. But uh, we finally were able to have a conversation that I I think I needed to just really know that he loved me (laughs) through it all. Um, And... And my heart just opened after that um, and made me willing to consider. Um, and I still I still think I was very prideful. I didn't want him to know really that I was open to considering. I started kind of reading things privately um, and listening privately. Um, I I was drawn to the lives of the same. I, I started... Um, Googling con- other conversion stories because um, uh, I don't I don't even remember how I realized that those existed. But <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah, yeah maybe Jason had mentioned some or maybe we had Scott and Kimberly's book by then because he did s- send us several. I think I think maybe I had even read that one, um, but I found other conversion stories online um, and I I started to hear in the conversion stories, and then um, I came across St. Francis de Sales um, and started reading an ebook because, again, I didn't want Jason to know that I ordered a book by a Catholic. Um, I, d- I didn't want him to read into it too much. Um, and I started, the, the very thing that made me hesitant at first, what I thought was unholiness in the lives of people that I had known. Um, I began to see the very opposite. Um, and then a friend at school, a teacher friend who isn't Catholic, told me about Catholic answers. Um, and that that got me. And again, I wasn't listening when I was with anyone else in my family, which is almost never. But when I could, I listened. Um, and even, even in, um, you know, Catholic answers are one of the the call-in shows, there was a difference that I heard in the the host's humility. Yes, they knew a lot. They could answer the questions. Um, but there was just kind of this, you could tell a humble desire that people know God and know the truth without having to be the winner mm. of the argument. And I think Jason and I have talked about this a lot. And in Protestant circles, you're trying to always figure out the truth for yourself. And that's why you have so many splits. So many people saying, well, I don't, I don't think that about this. So we're going to go to this church instead, or we're going to start our own denomination. Um, and you have to read scripture and figure out what it says. Um, and, and so that continued um, the whole, just St. Francis de Sales and um, the holiness of the people I was listening to and reading about um, just continued to open my heart more and more. And I, through all that, I was learning theology. I was learning what the Catholic Church thinks about the papacy and all that. Yeah. Can I ask you to to back up in your sure. story a little bit? I sure. thought it was remarkable that you said the people that you had known in your life who were Catholic, who you had thought one way about, now you started to see them in a completely different light. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? What yeah, you were and driving it, at? It actually, I'm. Mean, it's not the same people. Um, 
we, I mean, the people that I grew up with that I was kind of picturing, I didn't even know well, and I haven't been around them for years and sure, years. Sure. It was just kind of um, a, a caricature, I think, that I had about Catholics. And who knows, that could have been formed from the churches I was in and just kind of sure. stereotypes. And a lot of us were pretty dumb in high school, too. Well, true. Yeah, a lot of Protestants are also not the holiest um, around that time. Um, but so, I mean, really through my whole adult life, I haven't really known Catholics until all of this began. Okay. And so I, I think I began to see what a true Catholic yeah. was. Your, your perception. Yes, my perception. Yeah. Correct. Because um, I think. I don't know if anybody's ever met someone who had that I'll just do whatever I want mentality because oh, exactly. I can go that. Yes. And again, I, I'm not criticizing you in any way, shape, or form, but it's so easy to have that, oh, you Catholics this, Absolutely. oh, you Catholics that, because I am kind of guilty of some of the same reverse. Sure. Uh, my sister-in-law brother and sister-in-law left Catholicism and I have handled people leaving terribly mm-hmm. and I wanted to get it better sure. and better. And when she told me that I said, well, I'm going to continue to pray for you because I think you're seeking the truth. Mm-hmm. And I believe the Catholic church contains the fullness of truth. Mm-hmm. And over the last 20 years, we've both been involved in youth ministry and we've been able to lovingly have conversations about what we agree and open the conversation to a little bit. So she was here for the wedding. She tells me we're studying the book of James. And I'm like, really? Because I wouldn't think that that would be a Protestant book Mm -hmm. that they grasp and want to dig deeper into. Mm -hmm. And again, it could be my Catholicism judgment of because you've just when we studied it, people who had attended uh, Bible but. Bible fellowship, whatever. Said, well, they say, they say this and they say that, and the reason they don't uh, give credence to the Book of James is the faith and works aspect of it, and so it it can go both ways. It's yeah. Not, well, and know, I, so. I I say that with, I I absolutely recognize my um, misunderstanding or judgmentalism, and I I. I point it out because I hope it, if there's anyone listening that, you know, might have had the same thoughts or have maybe heard the same things within their own Protestant churches, um, you know, just a reminder that (laughs) we often don't, we don't have the full perspective. And again, in God's providence, I wasn't seeking to know differently. And, and he brought me to this, brought us to this and. So as Amanda mentioned, if you are listening and this has sparked some uh, mindset or conversation, we would love for you to call us at uh, 855-683-7332. Join in the conversation and uh, we'll continue on with your conversion story. So now that y'all are actually going to remain married uh, (laughs) in your conversation, when did it come to a point where we're going to have to take this next step? How did that look? Well, I had uh, attended Mass 
a few times. Um, I, I'd never been to mass before I was, uh, well, at any point before I was studying Catholicism. It had never in my life, you know, I wasn't close friends with any Catholics growing up and so never went to mass with any of them or anything like that. Uh, and so I had one week of vacation where, you know, as a, as a pastor, you don't want to go to the church you pastor when you're on vacation because then it's like you're not on vacation. You go back and, to work. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we had one of those weeks we had been out of town and came back to town and I was still off on that Sunday and, and Amanda said, well, why don't you just go to mass? You know, you want to. And I said, oh, yeah, I guess I could do that. And so I went to St. Jerome because that was the closest uh, church to our house. And I think, you know, the thing for me was I had not a lot of expectations going in. Um, and I, I suppose I know what the Presbyterians would say about this. But uh, when I went to Mass, my idolatry radar wasn't just going haywire. Mm -hmm. It really was about a reverent worship of God with Christ at the center of that and with Christ being the access to the father. Uh, and, and truly it was beautiful. It was really, really beautiful. So, um, you know, definitely was not at a point of, Oh, I better convert when I did that, but it was sort of, Oh, that's okay. That's the mass. Uh, went a few other times was, was able over, uh, that summer to go a little more, uh, to a daily mass at St. Jerome. Um, and I think in my heart, I mean, it's interesting, a lot of this was my head, <laughs> but <laughs> but in my heart, there was something there uh, during the Eucharistic liturgy that uh, that was deeper than just cognition. I think I knew, and I couldn't express it, and I wasn't ready to pull the trigger and say, this must all be true, but there was something there uh, that I that I was sensing uh, the truth is here. Did uh, your your knowledge of the Bible and your the teaching aspect of your being a pastor was there like some little signal graces going on throughout the mass that were maybe something that you used to dispel because of your education became affirmed. Did that kind of happen along the way? Yeah. So I think one of the things that that really affected that was I, probably by that point I had already read, I, if not my first Mass, at least by the time I was uh, going to some daily Masses, had already read uh, Dr. Hahn's book, The Lamb's Supper. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, was familiar with the connections he had made there. But uh yeah, I, I guess I would say in terms of my experience as a pastor teaching and my theology and, and going to Mass, I think the thing I came away with was here's where the Bible belongs. This is the home of the Bible, really. Uh, and and the Bible is, is shaping all aspects of this, and, and of course the tradition as well, but, uh, but just that structure that's there these passages that I was hearing in the readings made sense at the mass in a way that when I was a pastor and we just had readings, well, it, this was all geared toward the, the teaching or preaching I was going to do uh, toward the end of the service. Uh, in the mass, it seemed all of this scripture is geared toward this encounter that all of these folks are about to have with Jesus that I'm just going to sit here and do nothing during. 
Hmm. And so hmm. uh, that that really hit home for me in a way that I don't think it ever would have had I not attended Mass. Do Presbyterians have a liturgical cycle like on any given Sunday, you know, our readings are the same readings in the same Mass. So there's not you you have full autonomy. To, yeah, uh, right. Not not the kind of Presbyterian we were there. There may be some that do more of a liturgical yeah, again, approach, I, but but not of the other face. But I, I love Amanda, how you said um I mean, Deacon Mike did a teaching last week to say that's why we the beauty of having the church is that you have this guide. Otherwise, that's why there's 40,000 other uh, Protestant religions is because you become your own God without that guidance of the tradition of the church and the the beauty of that. So it makes sense to hear that. And there's actually so much freedom in living within the guidance of the church. It's like you feel you feel like you can breathe. It's it's hard to explain um the difference. Um except to say you just you feel free. Yeah. <laughs> because I you know, I grew up here locally in this with uh several women who had it at a young age and I didn't want any part of that. It felt burdening. I wanted to have fun. I didn't want to be burdened by this holy roller lifestyle of whatever. I just didn't think that both of those worlds could exist at the same time. And to say that, it's a freedom. That's just so beautiful. Yeah, Um, truly. God bless y'all at such a young age to have experienced this and and embrace it and, and know it and love it. Yeah, I think uh, especially my experience as a pastor, I mean, not not just in Waco, but in the two churches that I was in as a pastor, uh, just the number of people who are ready to complain about, well, I don't like this, I don't like that, I want this to be this way, and if it's not this way, then I'm going to cause trouble, or I'm going to leave, or mm-hmm. I'm going to do this or that. And um, I, yeah, I know there are Catholics that don't like things and complain about things, but you know, when, when we uh, first started at St. Jerome, there was a poll to change the mass times or just to see what are the ideal oh, mass no. times. And, and I, I think that two or three of them, uh, or uh, no, I'm sorry, just one of them changed. And, and so the, here come the results of the survey. Okay, everybody wants this mass moved back by 30 minutes. And to hear, well, okay, we've got the survey results. Now we're going to send it to the bishop and the bishop will tell us whether we can change the mass time. I just thought, oh, finally, you know. <laughs> Yeah, everyone can have their opinion, but there's one place that this mm-hmm. decision is made, and it stops there. And it's it's not yeah. just sort of well, if we can get enough grumpy people on our side, we're going to change this one particular thing. <laughs> That's not how it works here. I love that. So during this time, Amanda, now you're getting on board, and you're y'all's about to be on the same page again. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I, you're still the pastor. Yes. So. I'll speak because I might be able to do it more briefly, <laughs> and I know we don't she have can. much time left. But um, we had come to a point where we both had a feeling that we were moving toward wanting to be Catholic. Um, but the church that um, Jason was, you know, hired to come be pastor of was—I won't go into all the details—but we there was a certain point of the church that. Jason was trying to get them to, it would, it would have been a natural transition where they could have then pretty seamlessly found a different pastor without us having to make a loud exit. We really did not want to make a loud exit. We didn't want, 
we didn't want it to be some divisive thing or uh, and and we knew feelings were going to be hurt just by us leaving. Um, and that was honestly, that's probably a lot of what took us so long was because we loved the people mm-hmm. so much and we knew people were going to be hurt. And that broke our hearts. And um, and so he kept thinking, if I OK, if I can get them to this. And so we kept trying and that was, you know, extending things. And before too long, I think Jason really started to feel like he like he wasn't saying anything dishonest during the the church service, but he felt like he was like starting to live a double life and things came to a head. I think Dr. Han turned Jason toward Father Timothy and then and the and West mm-hmm. and Father Timothy called him or Jason called Father Timothy. He spoke to him. Was that a Wednesday? Monday. A Monday. Basically, to make a long story short, um, after that conversation, um, we decided we could never go back. And the church also, um, one of the other pastors that our church was kind of under was a good friend of ours, and he also told Jason, no, you can't go back. And so all of these things happened, and... Basically, Sunday morning, we woke up, we sat our kids down, and Jason said, kids, um, daddy's not going to be a pastor anymore. We're never going back to the church uh, that we were at, and we're going to something called Mass. And um, it just happened very quickly and kind of shockingly, I think, Um, but... (laughs) Our youngest started crying. Well, several of them were upset. They didn't, you know, very Mm -hmm. shocking. Um, And she looked at Jason and said, Daddy, are we still going to worship the same God? (laughs) And once, um, once we had the opportunity to really explain why and um, they've been, they've, we, we see our youngest to have been Catholics at heart before, um, any of this ever happened. Just funny things that you look back on. And um, even our youngest daughter's just sincere, sincere love for Mary, like as her mother. I mean, it, it's I shouldn't astounding. Envy. I shouldn't envy, but I do envy <laughs> her devotion to Mary. It's beautiful. But it's um, since then, it's been wonderful at hard. Jason was unemployed for over four months. And we didn't know what was going to happen or whether we were going to move back to Indiana near to family. Um, But we love our kids' school and we were going to love St. Jerome and kind of hoped maybe that things would, we would stay um, in Waco. And and the Lord has provided um, during that four month stretch. I truly felt like we were the widow that God was just continually refilling the oil and the flour. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it we could, we could see the jar filling with gifts from people we had just met. Um, but other, other things didn't make sense on paper, how we survived, how we stayed in our, our house and all that. But yeah, it's been this beautiful. was how long ago? Um, we came into the church well, during well, you, COVID. So it was the, yeah. o- the October before COVID was when I resigned. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's been two years since he resigned and then less than that, that mm-hmm. we've been in the church. Yeah. 
So, so <laughs> wow. I can hardly breathe. It's such a beautiful story. And um, so I suppose where are we going from here uh, would be a good uh, way for us to end it. I, I knew the time was going to just fly by. We have about less than a minute. So uh, what would you say to someone who's listening um, about that? And and uh, again, I want to thank our listeners and our supporters mm-hmm. in the uh, evangelization that goes on. Yes. Those bumper stickers, the, yeah. <laughs> all of those kind of things that we can encourage others in our in our day to day. Yeah. So we want to again thank y'all so much for being thank here. Uh, we want to listen, tell our listeners we thank you for being here, and we want to uh, just continue to reach out and study and listen to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. lean in on those promptings that. Uh, Sometimes they come in the most unexpected ways. That is, you have something to go out with? All right. Well, we just want to thank you. And remember, always go out and preach the gospel. Since you wake up. Talking, I'm a